Do a reading if you like, yeah. Okay. This reading is coming from the Alcoholics Anonymous book uh, of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's the fourth edition. It, it is on page 56, uh, 567. It's the appendix called The Spiritual Experience. I'm just going to read the first two paragraphs. Appendix two, spiritual experience. The term, quote, spiritual experience and, quote, spiritual awakening are used many times in this book. Upon careful reading, shows that per the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this, is, this conclusion is erroneous. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, good evening. Good morning, everyone. Paul, alcoholic, coming from California. Uh, yeah. That's just, they were trying to clear up. I would imagine people uh, f figured that if they didn't have a burning bush experience, they were in excluded from uh, or this sudden spectacular interruption that they were missing the boat but he was just claiming he was just putting out a disclaimer that that's not true uh, I like the, the personality change or the uh, new attitude or a new outlook I don't like the idea of calling it a spiritual awakening I think spirit is always awake uh, maybe we be, we become awake to what we're not, or we become awake to uh, the disease and how it actually functions in us or as us. And uh, but I don't I don't I don't really like the term of spiritual awakening or spiritual experience. So that's just my opinion, one opinion of one member. So the personality shift or or stuff like that. Uh, I think mostly what happens is the problem are, inhabits the mind and therefore there's a loss of interest in the mental condition and that's what I would call a spiritual condition. The spiritual condition is always available at all times but if we're being directed and identified as a mental condition, the mental condition can seem to block us from the spirit that we are. Is it true? No, but it can appear to be true. So, uh, yeah. I just feel like he wrote that. That came later, yes, because uh, people got carried away, just like it happens in a lot of different spiritual groups. There's uh, a lot of spiritual groups that talk about awakening and then innocently a person shares their the uh, you know the events uh, surrounding an awakening and then people take the events to be the cause of the awakening so they try to reproduce those events yeah so it can be as absurd as I was walking down the aisle in Walmart in the appliance aisle a toaster fell off the ledge hit me in the head and I woke up I had a spiritual awakening 
I share that innocently, and then everyone starts going to Walmart on the appliance aisle and has their friends push a toaster over with the ax- the idea that they're going to reproduce the event. But they what was being shared about the event were the circumstances and the and the expression of it. It wasn't the essence of it. Yeah, the essence of it is always available at all times, right where we are. Yeah, yeah. So. I think it was a disclaimer by Bill, and then uh, basically all he's trying to say if the problem resides in the mind, the solution isn't going to come from the mind, yes? Yeah? So when the solution appears, he said, makes up shit that is, is contrary to the mind, yeah? So he says spiritual condition, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that you can see the difference from the mental condition. It's basically painting <clears throat> contrasting lines so you can see one from the other. Yeah, that's my feeling. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a spiritual condition that uh, you can have as a mental physical condition. I, I would say our inherent condition is of spirit. What we're appearing as and what we're living through is a body, brain activity, but basically what's animating us is spirit, yeah? And you can see that through the sense gates of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Do you actually believe you're doing seeing? Do you actually believe Paul wakes up and starts doing seeing? Or the seeing happen and then there's a story about Paul? I mean, it's obvious. Look at it. Yeah. So I feel the spiritual condition is the primary condition, and the physical and the mental come after, but in in a self-centered view, the mental and physical is primary, and then the mental and physical may choose to have a spiritual condition. I just don't see it that way. So, yeah. I would say spirit is the primary condition and we're having an experience of physical and emotional and mental uh, conditions, a lot lot of them. Most of them don't seem to be too stable and they seem to be uh, at the effect of other conditions. So basically, basing on our condition on those volatile conditions, there's a large desire of managing and controlling starts to occur. Yeah, and that's that becomes one of the ways the problem expresses itself in our lives is by our trying to manage and control. Yeah, so. All right, that was about, that was two paragraphs. (laughs) That wasn't my, one of my favorite readings. (laughs) Sorry about that. I'll take full blame, Anne. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, what we're trying to share here, what we're sharing here is simply another way of looking at the same thing we're fucking looking at all day. Yeah. (laughs) We're just trying to, because obviously there is, a connection between us and how things are appearing. There is. And maybe you can't change how things are appearing, 
appearing, but maybe there's more possibility than that you can change, yeah? And maybe if you change, you'll see how things are, are appearing differently, yeah? And maybe you'll get a sense of what comes first, the horse or the freaking cart, yeah? Maybe you have a huge role in everything, yeah? So I can be in the same circumstances. One day I wake up terribly depressed based on, seemingly based on those circumstances, and then the next day I wake up incredibly elated and I still have the same circumstances. So are the circumstances actually producing the condition I'm in? Or, am I, or is the condition I'm in giving meaning to the circumstances? It may, it, it may look like it's, it's nitpicking, but it's huge because it's demonstrating a whole way of going. Either I'm completely at the effect of what's going on, or I have a role in how I view what's going on. One seems to empower, one seems to victimize. Yeah. That's what gets me. I'm interested in relief. Yeah. I'm not interested in a spiritual waking, a spiritual experience. I don't care about all that. I care about relief from the bondage of self. If that entails a being conscious or becoming less interested in the mental state and developing an interest in spirit, that's fine. But really the basis is I want relief from the bondage of self. The bondage of self is not happening in spirit. It's happening in the mental state. Yeah? So, so seriously, it's not so much... Um, if I think Omaha truly sucks, I don't care where else I go. I just want to get out of Omaha. I don't sit there thinking, well, will a LA be better? Who knows? Find out. But I'm I'm really sure I don't want to be in Omaha. I you know I forgive me for using Omaha, but yeah, I mean this is the that's the driving for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is it is how I'm looking at things working? Yeah, is. Is my attitude and outlook allowing me to travel lighter, or isn't it? You can tell. I mean, you're in, you must be in your own life. I mean, you must, you know, it was so insane where most people, a lot of people, me included in the past, you're out to lunch. I mean, you're spending a whole day doing something and you don't know if it was good or not until the head tells you when you get home. I mean, what the hell? What the hell? Can't you feel your own pulse of living? Uh, you have to wait for an authority that's totally insane and infected with the problem to tell you how things are? Do you really want to give up? Do you want that to play God in your life? Seriously, because it is. If you're identified as it, and you're not understanding what's going on, it's in the act of playing God. Your head is telling you how you are. It is. It's telling you it's going to suck today. It's telling you because of this, this, and this, you'll never be loved. Never, ever, ever. Yeah? It's in, what is that but playing God? How do you quit playing God if you're identified as that which is playing God? How? So you see you're not that which is playing God. That's how they, that's the quitting of playing God. 
You're not allowing that mental state to take your godlike juice and use it to paint a fucking picture of you and everything else. That sort of causes an ease to have resentment and to be living in the anxiety of what's not happening most of the day and trying to get out of a lot of shit you're not in. Yeah? I want relief from that. That's, I don't, you want to, you can give it a name, I don't give a damn. You can say it's, you know, you've had a, a, you know, a tomato can awakening. I don't give a shit. You can name it whatever you like. I want to have the sense of it. Yeah. I want to have freedom from that bondage. Yeah. I want to, I can't stop it. I can't. It keeps playing. Yeah. The radio doesn't have an off switch until I pass away, probably, or unless I'm doing something I really love or whatever. Yeah, It's going to play, but there's a huge role we have. We can hear it or we can be listening to it. That's hugely different. You hear the noise in one's head is completely different than listening to the noise in one's head. Listening to the noise in one's head starts making a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> hearing it, it's seen as noise in most cases, yeah? It tells you to turn left, you keep going straight. So basically, it's not playing God on you anymore. Yeah, It keeps telling you, you should have went left, but you went straight, yeah? And it tells you, you better go left tomorrow, and you go straight, yeah? Obviously, you've broken the bondage of self. It's not causing actions, to dictate how your life is going to look like. That's what, see, it's, it, it's playing that it's the driver, yeah? It's holding on to the wheel. Unless you put the gas on, it doesn't go fucking anywhere. We're the gas, yeah? We got the foot on the pedal, yeah? You can see it as not you, and you'll lose interest in it, or you can be a devotee of it. Listening about listening to it all fucking day, taking it to be the God honest truth when it's mostly false evidence. We can't produce that effect. How does it get produced? Yeah, for us, it gets produced by through recovery. Does recovery produce it? No, a power produces it through recovery. We give it the call, the name of the higher power. Some people call it God. Some people call it the universal spirit. Some people call it them innermost selves. It doesn't matter what it's called. It matters its influence. Yeah? If you diminish the mental state's influence, you'll probably grow. With the guidance of the, the way of life of AA, you're going to grow into the other condition. Yeah? You're going to grow in the other condition, not into, in. Yeah. And then today, I mean, I used to love to debate spiritual shit years and years ago. I wanted to know the, the 11 rings of consciousness. What the fuck? It doesn't mean shit. Yeah. It means can you sort of... <laughs> There's just a simple inventory every day. Are you here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> are you managerial quality? No. Yeah. Are you 
Palosov <laughs> over alcohol and drugs? Not right now, but I could be. <laughs> If I put drug, if drugs and alcohol got into me, I may be, but I'm not now. Yeah. All right. Then make breakfast. <laughs> Go to job. Do something. You won't get gypped at all. You'll always be in your own life. And no matter how great or terrible it is, at least you had it. Yeah. Instead of being had by something else in your life, you'll have a life. It's hugely different. We're being occupied that with something that's having a life through us. It's mind-boggling. You won't get chipped at all. You'll... I didn't hear that. What? You okay? Yeah, I just heard something coming through. Oh, sorry. It was, it was the demon. It was the demon in the atmosphere. Yeah, so what I'm, I'm sharing here is just a simple possibility, not rooted from me, but from the big book. One of the possibilities, and I'm using it in, in relation to fourth step, but you can apply it to every step, which is being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Yes? If that's the case, if you're convinced in now, in other words, you used to be convinced that they defeated you. Yeah, by your wife defeated you, the cops defeated you, the judge defeated you by their manifestations, by sending me to jail, by telling me I have to go to get a urinalysis, whatever. Yes, now you're convinced, no, self, self has defeated me through its manifestations. Okay, where are you going to look at self's manifestations? Well, they're concurrently going on when you're manifesting. So we need to take an inventory to see how self has defeated us through its manifestations by looking back on our life, our, you know? So we do a very simple inventory. To, and we, we're going to just see the common manifestations of self-normal life. We're not going into a deep dive because we need fucking relief now. This is the introductory inventory. You can do a lot more investigation if you like. Even in the 12 by 12, it's much more extensive, the questions and shit they go about in the chapter on the fourth step. Yeah, But in this case, we just want to look at the common manifestations of self in our lives. Yeah. So we have to look at our lives, yeah? And by seeing our role in things, we're going to see self's role in things. Now, a lot of people see self's role in things, but they keep calling it themselves, yeah? So they're, they're still bonded by the manifestations of self in their life because they think they were Paul's manifestation still to this day. After 30 years of recovery from alcoholism, they're still rooted in the, in the defeat of self by its manifestations. Even though they've recovered from drinking and using, they're not doing that anymore, the bondage of self is still alive and thriving, unbeknownst to us, because we're identified as it. Yeah. So hopefully, when you do an inventory and see your role in things, you'll see self's role in things. Yeah? 
huge, huge, huge event. Yeah? So suddenly, it doesn't mean you're not accountable for self for own things. You've ma I've made my amends, everything like that. I will make an amend today. But I'm, I'm definitely clear, most of the things that caused, that caused me to make amends were decisions based on self. Yeah? Des decisions based on self. Not decisions based on Paul, but decisions based on self. Yeah? Now, I've called them Paul's decisions because I'm identified as self. What would happen if you could finally see it, that you're not that? Yeah? What would happen? Find out. I think it, would, it will enrich your program. I think it will illuminate so much more, and you'll see the exact nature of the wrongs, which are the manifestations of self, and you'll see the exact nature of the wrong, which is identification as self. Yeah? If you keep seeing the exact nature of the wrongs and keep claiming them to be yours, I'm incredibly selfish, I'm constantly afraid, it's, you're going to be bonded to self, yes or no? You got, the, you got the manifestations, yeah, I've seen the manifestations, I did the inventories, but whose manifestations are they? Are they mine or are they self's? That, that's not, go, people aren't going there. Because they are identified as self, seemingly. Yeah? So they believe self's role and their role are the same role. They're not. It's funny. When I didn't have relief, I wanted to know a lot of shit. When I have relief, I don't want to know much shit at all. I don't. I don't want to, I don't care about awakening or experience. I don't care about any of it because it's not pertinent. What's pertinent is how I'm traveling today. And part of the likeness is I don't have a lot of unnecessary knowledge that's not leading me anywhere. It's sort of like being a professor of holes yet keep falling into the holes. Maybe I should jettison some of that knowledge. It's not working. It's not keeping me from the holes. I've heard exquisite descriptions of someone being fucked, and they're still fucked. I mean, Jesus Christ. So it's not knowledge. It's relief. Knowledge may be a stepping stone to the relief, but the relief, yeah, yeah. And I'm talking about a relief that doesn't come from uh, the drama stop last night. A relief that now becomes the ordinary condition you're in. Yeah? That relief that you would have done anything 33 years ago to have a few minutes of. Yeah? That relief. That doesn't, it's not easily noticed because it's the new standard. Yeah? You're in it. And it's the basis where you live from, not the fucking insane place you used to live from. Yeah? And in this basis, certain things thrived that used to be drowned in the old basis. Yeah? 
things thrive. You have the ability to enjoy peace of mind. And many, many more qualities. Without any thought or effort, they're readily available. Once the mental preoccupation gets diminished, a lot of shit that you've been trying to look for and have been blind to, you'll see. If it doesn't work for you, it's all right. Hey, you spent a nice time with some people on a Zoom. Yeah. If it doesn't make sense to you, don't try to make sense out of it. Just go and do whatever's working for you. Yeah. But sometimes when you introduce an idea that it's seen as a threat, there's no threat. We're not trying to change shit. This isn't a, we're going to radically change the steps. No, we want to get clarity about the exact nature of the wrong. They weren't clear about it. They were clear about its manifestation, self-centeredness, self-will, self-this, self-that. But they did, weren't clear that it may have been you're identified as it. This is what we're humbly putting it out there. And if you want to twist it and tell, say I'm saying something else, I'm saying it over and over and over again. It's the act of being identified as self, which is what the mental state is doing in the narrative that we're mostly listening to all day. Yeah? I'm not saying ego. I'm not saying that. There's a sense of self when you even talk about an ego. You talk about your ego, that you have one, that you like to lose one. What's that feeling of having an ego? And, and wanting to lose an ego, that's self there. Yeah? Or selfing, really. But because they use the word self in, in the book, I try to use it. But really, it's not a noun, it's a verb. It's verbing. There's playing God. There's no God. That which is playing God isn't God playing. There's playing God by the mental state. It's a verb, an activity. The problem resides in the mind. Do you think it's like a, a fucking rock? No, it's what's mind. Mind is agitated. Tons of shit are happening all day. It's an activity of, of the mental state. That's the bondage of self. When you do something you love, you're out of it. You're out of the bondage. If I'm swimming or surfing or making love or you see a beautiful vista, there's so many moments of the day where you're not interested in attending to the bondage of self. You're not. You've gotten drawn into an event or someone else, and it's a fucking great relief, yeah? But the system just regroups, 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 regroups. It keeps locating you in that place. Yeah. You may hear this and say, that's not my experience. It's far out. But maybe if it is your experience, you'll see it's not personal. We're describing an activity that most of us are under. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, we're just hoping to bring a little light to it. So because the light is it, awareness is of our nature. 
And this is what the mental state attempts to diminish or obscure. It wants to talk constantly about what's not happening so you miss what's happening. Yeah? It doesn't want you to do four-step inventories because if you see your role in things, you're going to see its role in things. You are. As long as you're blaming someone else, you're never going to see your role in it and you're never going to see self's role in it. <laughs> you're not. You're going to see the other self's role in it for sure. You'll be sure about that, but you'll be in the same condition without knowing it. All right, thank you. Thanks, Paul. I just had to get my unmute button on. Uh, thanks a lot for that, Paul. Um, our first question is from Anne. Anne, would you like to take it away? Oh, yeah. I'll come in. Good stuff today, Paul. So you were talking about the reading, and, and I started thinking about the surrender. You know, there's, there's a couple surrenders, first step, third step. But then when we get to this fourth step and we identify the manifestations of self, um, where, where, where you've opened my eyes and another member has, has shown me how to identify that and see that that's not me. You know, I hit this point where I realized that those previous surrenders were the doer surrendering, right? Does, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it was the doer. It wasn't me. And it wasn't until I saw what I was not that, that I was able to just drop it all. Right. And, and, and that's, that's the relief that, that was experienced. And I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play with it and make, form it into a question. I think you can go with that. Yes. Yeah. Well, if you look at what we're saying and then look at how it's presented, I think on page 60, 63, it says first, there's got to be. You got to quit playing God. Yeah. And then the third step is offered. Yeah. So obviously there was a warning about what could affect the third step before you do the third step, which is playing God, obviously. Why would they? Why would he have said that? First, you got to quit playing God. Next, then we're going to talk about reliance on this power and stuff like that. Why? Because without the, without the warning being heeded, that may be exactly what's going to happen. The mental state is going to play God concerning the third step. It's going to say, oh, I've surrendered, but I have a lot of un, uh, hidden uh, considerations or concerns. So I'll surrender this, but I'm not going to surrender me getting a date next week or whatever. Yes, or my body weight or I'm not doing any of that, but I'll surrender what's bothering me. And it becomes transactional, doesn't it? Yeah. And then you also have the option to take whatever you've surrendered back when the thing is playing God. You do. So, all right, I'm taking it back, and then you get your ass kicked. And then maybe you're lucky enough to get to a point of surrender again. You may never go back there. You may be out for a long time. But so, to me... The surrender of the third step can be quickly followed by surrendered, yeah? Yeah, uh-huh. Something uh -huh. put to sleep or put to rest, not to sleep, 
the, the, the resistance towards the diagnosis of the first step. You've now realized these conditions that you were denying and trying to avoid are facts, that you're powerless over the effects of alcohol and drugs, mm-hmm. and that basically you're not managerial quality. Yeah, you've been in resistance to that fact, but your life has proven it. So hopefully you're surrendered based on these obvious facts in your life. And then some people say, that's it. See, the third step is done. And then obviously what initiates the effects of the third step are the working steps. Like it immediately has you go to work by doing an inventory of what? of that which is playing God, basically, self. (laughs) I mean, because that's how we're going to initiate quit playing God is when we see we're not that which is playing God. It will keep playing God, I'm telling you. You're not going to train it not to. The head is going to keep playing God, but you don't have to go along with it. So they make it very clear with the warning. First, you got to quit playing God. Then you do the, you make the decision. And what do you do? One of the ways of looking at the first step is seeing how self has defeated us by its manifestations. So we do an inventory on that, which is playing God, really. And we see what a good or a bad job that God did. (laughs) And obviously, that sort of enlivens the decision to turn our will and life over to the care of another God. And therefore, there we go. Yeah, it's a beautiful logic if you see it in one way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They make you the warning. They tell you to make the decision. Then they tell you, look at what's playing God and see it's not you. And then the decision, while you do four through nines, bear fruit. Yeah. Now you can actually surrender because you've seen what you're not. You can't surrender as that. You can surrender that. Yeah? You can't surrender as self. You can surrender that. That's how I see the inventory. I don't see the inventory the way I first saw it when I first did it on inventory. I don't at all. I think the most important statement of this of the big book one of them is quit playing god why is it put before the third step decision because we can't what's going to say it's playing making the decision is that which is playing god so then it becomes transactional and you can break the, the contract at any time no the third step is an admitting of our powerlessness and the facts, and then being surrendered to those. That becomes the basis of your sober life. Not surrendering like a, a technique, but surrendered to the obvious conclusions your own life brought you to. As soon as you get clear what you're not, yeah. How much emphasis is quit playing God put on? Not much. How much emphasis on that thing about faith and we agnostics on page 52? Very rarely spoken about. But he just he's telling us that faith in the failed system is what got us into this situation. Yeah. Faith in that which is playing God is what has brought us into the situation we're in. Being totally demoralized, powerless, and incomprehensibly bummed out. 
Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the diagnosis. Yeah? Do you think just because you stop drinking and using, yet you keep the same God, it's going to go great? No. The bondage of self will continue. Didn't that happen with you? I swear, I was under the illusion that a lot of uh, some of my behavior was completely based on my cocaine use. Then I stopped doing cocaine, and I still exhibited those behaviors. So obviously, I was wrong. Yeah, in most cases, I was wrong. I thought that was the cause. It wasn't the cause. It amplified it. My drug use amplified these behaviors, but they were not the cause of the behavior. Yeah. The cause of the behavior was seeing life through the eyes of self. I thought I was going to be taken advantage of if I love somebody. I could go out with tons of people, but if I really, really liked the person, there would be a moment where I got super paranoid that I was getting set up to get left or hurt and shit like that. And I didn't take it kindly. I would fucking act out and make an ass of myself. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Completely bone dry sober. <laughs> so, <laughs> I may have even just come from a meeting when it happened. You know what I mean? Usually around holidays for some reason, I must have had something going on with holidays. <laughs> and you know while i was dealing with the beast you know what my solution was to uh christmas i didn't like thanksgivings and christmas i went to a buddhist country thailand every winter for 12 years in a row 15 years or something where they don't pronounce christmas and shit that was my solution I mean, I've got a better one now, but that was basically what I needed to do was get out of here. I couldn't take it from like November on. It was unbelievable because I felt an underlying disappointment. Like, you know, that Hallmark Hall of Fame little card of Christmas never was the case. And I I blame myself, I guess, for it. You know what I mean? This is all fucking seeing life from self. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Not everyone has the chance to fly over to Thailand. We got to learn a way way to live and fit ourselves around circumstances that we used to fucking have to avoid or run away from. Yeah, we got to grow up in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I'm uh, I'm going to actually get more into this idea of seeing the relation between the quit playing God and then the inventory immediately. Because yeah. obviously we're looking at that which was playing God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that 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 is so immensely helpful today, Paul. Right. Um, I'm working with somebody that's that's been putting off a, a fourth step for 27 years, and that was the key. That was the actual key that I I I think is gonna, yeah, you've helped. You've helped immensely, not just me but others. No, great, great. Well, telling you the truth, I very, I have very little interest in helping, but something that comes through, like, sort of likes it. It's very committed to it, but personally, you know, fuck them. Yeah. 
<laughs> not really. Maybe not. one day I'm I joking. will be there. I'm joking, but I'm, I'm not a very, uh, well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and I'd be lying if I said that thought didn't run through my head. AA brings the best out in Paul. It does. Or best out through Paul. Yeah. It does. Because, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but after the relief from the way I was living, I couldn't, uh, could not fathom the depravity of what I was living as. Yeah. It was, I was hugely, unbelievably grateful for having that be removed or having me be placed in a position of neutrality. I couldn't, I can't get over it. I mean, it was, uh, it was the greatest act in this dreaming, getting sober, getting struck sober. Yeah. Because I had given up all hope, really. I was just basically trying to stay either oblivious with the hopes of getting high or just totally oblivious to the next uh, ending up in jail institutions or death, really. I didn't see any possibility. I spent two years in one program, three years in another. I got run over by a car twice in one night. I've been arrested and shot at and ribs broken by the cops. Nothing. My mother's eyes in the courtroom, nothing. Nothing did it. It just kept on keeping on. There was truly no human power that could do it. Yet something did it, finally. Yeah. And I, and you know, we talk about how to have to lose interest in thoughts, but to really lose interest in the thoughts themselves, I've never had a thought about getting loaded or drinking with any, with any energy around it. Not. So, the best I can do now with people is to try to lose interest in the thoughts. But can you imagine that the thoughts themselves have been removed? That's fucking awesome to me. Yeah. Because those thoughts, if they were there, they would trigger something. They don't come at all, ever. 30-something years. That's mind-boggling to me. Most people I meet in other levels of spirit, of other groups... They're not getting out of the thoughts, but they can lose interest in them. But can you imagine to have that flavor that would uh, just, it would be like a super infected thought, like if the word cocaine came up in me, it would just trigger something and I'd just go off, yeah? That's never, has never happened again. It's mind-boggling to me. So I'm on my knees every day in a relaxed way <laughs> and uh, because of the the gratitude of, of of being you know saved from that life tell you the truth yeah and it's such a trippy uh, the effects of them are so unbelievable because of the location of the problem it's it's in it's talking to us as us Cancer doesn't do that, I don't think, you know. Herpes doesn't do it, uh, you know, whatever. But this does. It's, it's a very, very uh, its origin is in the mental state. And it's, it can have the most profound effects on people, yeah, 
I mean, in not a very lovingly profound way. I mean, in a real uh, debilitating, chronic, just over and over again condition. So, I mean, uh, and, you know, most people that are suffering from it have a, they don't want help, really, which is mind-boggling. The resistance of the parasite is so potent that what would be incredibly helpful to you is seen as a poison. Yeah. It just blows my mind. It does. But, uh, so, yeah, I think this, this message is profoundly important because my whole program, my whole sober life changed when I saw self as other. As soon as I saw it as other, the possibility of being free from it really gained traction. And it showed me that I'd been trying to be free as it most of my life. I was truly in the act of being identified as self. Yeah, that's not, that's not the case now. Yeah. And it's clear that it's not the case. And by it not being the case, I can really make a case against that self. <laughs> Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Um, we've got a lot of new people here tonight, so I'm going to make a quick announcement. Paul has, uh, he does this two times a week, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and this is Central or Pacific time, uh, 10.30 a.m., which is 12.30 Central, 1.30 East Coast, or if I've got that wrong, please forgive me. Anyway, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, he has this meeting. And then on Saturdays and on Wednesdays, he also has something what he calls non-duality. It's a different topic. It's related to what we're doing today, but it is not reflections on the AA uh, 12 steps. Uh, Saturday, it happens at 1.30 p.m. on Pacific time. And on... Wednesday, it happens, and it's not going up on site. Yeah. Seven so o'clock. Seven, 7 p.m. Thanks, Paul. Um, we've got a lot of questions here. Uh, we're dealing with two different platforms. Um, I've got a question off of Facebook, but the next person is Jack G. I'm going to find you, Jack, and I'm going to unmute you. Give me just a second, Jack. All right. There you go. Ask hey, everybody. Nice to see you. Hey, Paul, good to see you. Hey, Jack. Can you see me all right in the truck? I'm looking for you. <laughs> I'm trying to find you. Don't worry, I can hear you. I can picture you in my memory, so, or in the memory. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going to dive right in the deep end here, I think. Um, oh, shit. I see you, yeah. Uh, someone was just trying to ask directions from me or something. I, oh, I was wondering if the person you kidnapped is making a fuss. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, don't co- go across straight state lines, bro. It's a federal offense. Yeah, then it's a different, uh, whole different world if you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you made it... You, 
you made a comment about um, something working through us. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've been hearing you dis discuss that concept for a while now, about five or six months. And um, it's actually, I don't think it's something that's uncommon in a lot of uh, like uh, traditions, religious or Buddhist or whatever, whatever uh, otherwise. But I think uh, some, some time ago now, not, not too long, like maybe last month, I think that what happened is, is I really saw it in someone else first. And I, I'll just give you a quick rundown of it. I, I was talking to this uh, woman, very pleasant, very nice, nice lady. And uh, we, we were just talking about this uh, certain issue. And um, she, she said to me, the last possible thing I wanted to hear at, at that moment. And, um, and the first thing that popped in my head was where did that come from? And, uh, you know, I thought about it for a while and I'm, and I was just like, it, it, it just made it easy for me to see it wasn't coming from her. It was coming from somewhere else. And, uh, that's helped me see it in myself now, huh? Yes. So it's like, you know, I, I can see the selfing when it when it when it's happening. Not all the time, but a lot of the times. I can see the selfing when it's happening. And because of everything that I've heard you say, when these things happen, it's very clear to me, you know? And uh Especially the part about traveling, traveling lighter. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, it, and it has been. It's been a lot lighter, man, I'll tell you. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, any question that I would have right now, I think would probably just be selfing. So, I don't know. You might just want to riff on what I said or something. Well... <sighs> One of the things a lot of people, and it's everywhere, but we're talking framing in recovery and in our community. You know, you came in and you couldn't learn from your own mistakes. You definitely couldn't learn from others. But that's that ability for us is a lot of us is still there. So part of the process of uh, recovery is being able to learn from others, yeah? And uh, and we have ample opportunity by hearing people share at the meetings. And uh, if you're not thinking you're so unique, terminally unique, and they're speaking mostly from the same problem as you speak from a lot of the time, let's call it self or alcoholism, you recognize it, and then in that recognition, you see it in you. So you recognize them saying it, you see it in you. Now there's something else you can do in recovery is you can bring that to step six and seven. You can have that little knot that is not a personal terminal unique knot. It's very common in alcohol, people with alcoholism. You recognize it, it hits you, and then you bring it to six and seven. 
entirely ready to have this reconfigured, you know? Because basically it's just, here, it's like there's an energy and it's knotted up. It comes, it comes by us, you notice it because you're conscious, yeah? You're, two you're not two levels below a coconut, you recognize it. And then you bring it to that power because, and you ask it to reconfigure it. Not you reconfigure it because you're very clear that why the reason why you're now having access of power is that you've admitted powerlessness. So you're not going to unknot the knot that you, you're in cahoots with, so to speak. Yeah? So basically the higher power will take that energy rope and take the knot out and use it for something else. Yeah. You may have wanted to use it as a noose. It's going to use it as a way of helping someone out of a hole. Yeah, and this is the uh, this is the activity of perhaps there's a better way in our lives. So, yeah, you recognize. Uh, I had it this morning. I have dreams that uh, there's certain uh, themes that are repeated in a lot of the dreams that happen at night, and I always bring that to step six and seven when I wake up. Yeah, I see that, hey, that's not a, it, maybe I'm missing it. I'm sure it would, it's useful from another point of view, but from my point of view, it seems to be old and like an ancient knot that's not serving me or anyone else. So I bring it up and then I ask it to be, to be reconfigured. Yeah, I actually love doing it because uh, I have faith in the process. Yeah. I don't, I'm not doing it as an empty ritual, like pulling, bringing my garbage out and then the next morning bringing him back in because the garbage man didn't come. My faith is if I put the garbage out on Tuesday night, it's going to be missing by Wednesday morning. <laughs> I've come to believe that. Well, I have come to believe that step six and seven work. Yeah. So I bring what I see. <laughs> to that, to that power and let it do what it wants with it. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's the living program. And I think a lot of times, just because you're in an AA meeting doesn't mean the steps don't apply there. I mean, I use steps six and seven a lot at AA meetings because I hear a lot about alcoholism and I don't think it's theirs. And mine is different than their alcoholism. <laughs> so when someone's speaking about alcoholism and it triggers something in me, I bring it to six and seven. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, it's, it's, it's sometimes easier to see in another because your defense system doesn't go to them. <laughs> You're defending not seeing it in where you are. <laughs> <laughs> you're opening to you're open to seeing it in others, but you don't want to see it in you. So sometimes that's what triggers that door to open. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. It's been a pleasure to watch all the different places you speak from in the Zooms and to see uh, your traveling lighter. That's good. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Jack. Thanks, Paul. We uh, Paul. We've got a lot of questions, but we're already at uh, 
and coming up on an hour, um, I'm going to kick over the next question, and I also have some from Facebook, but you just let me know. Don't if you're worry, ready. Go ahead until uh, I may have to take a break to visit the bathroom for a second, but yeah, go. I'm not wearing a Huey today. Okay, so the next question comes from Ross. Give me a second so I can find you and unmute you. Just a second, Ross. All right, Ross, take it away. Unmute yourself. There you go. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Russ. So I just I had a thought about the uh, the spiritual awakening. That was a, a thing I was super interested in in early sobriety, and, and I'm not particularly anymore. But it seems like when I was deep in the bondage itself, I'd get a little bit of light, and I'd have what I thought of as a spiritual experience. And then the more uh, you know, the more I did the step work and some other stuff with uh, meditation, I got to a point where uh, I guess I was kind of walking in the light or I saw that I was the source of the light. And, uh, you know, if it feels kind of like self is still looking for those kind of big breakthrough experiences, but like, you know, my day-to-day -day life is fantastic. Um, you know, it's not always, but so, I, you know, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not as interested in that, but I know for a long time I was, I was hanging in there to get another spiritual experience. Um, and I wonder if that's kind of how you see it. Yes. Yes. Well, the thing is, a lot of uh, there's a lot, a lot of interest and hope that something's going to do for you what you can't do for yourself, maybe through yourself, like practicing. <laughs> but when, when uh, if you start from satisfaction and being content, a lot of your uh, wishful thinking goes to better use. Yeah. Just done. Really, you know, yeah. I'm okay with I'm okay with the way things are. Generally, yeah. 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 Now, <laughs> it's just uh, I'm not in argument with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I really want I want to thank you for bringing up uh, six and seven again because that was uh, my first time through the steps. That was really where I got the most. You know. Yeah. yeah. Six and seven is uh, yeah because that goes with the you know, this power is going to constantly reveal to us, while the lower power is going to constantly reveal itself to us <laughs> so that it can be removed and reconfigured. Yeah? yeah. 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 It's like, you know, in World War II, there was these, uh, they always have these strange stories about a Japanese shoulder, soldier on an island that doesn't even know the war's over like 27, 30 years. <laughs> so this is sort of like remnants of the parasite keep coming up and you keep six and seven. Yeah. 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 And one, yeah. one other thing I, I just wanted to share, I'm, uh, I'm working with a new sponsee and, uh, and I kind of, I could tell he wasn't real into it. So I, I started pointing him in your direction right off the bat. And I think it's actually working really well for him. And I'm, oh, uh, I'm very pleased. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the greatest joy is to be put to use, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, you know, you can't do it, but it can be done through you in some small way. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's not a joy that I'm jumping up and down about, but it's given <laughs> a great sense of. Uh... See, I think in my case, the action figure Paul needs a purpose. It doesn't uh, to be nihilistic isn't doesn't work it it goes to a darker place yeah 
So it just has a purpose, and AA puts, and then just life, you know, will put you to use. And you can make up purposes or have a purpose of the week. It doesn't matter. But it, I, I found uh, uh, a lot of people when they, let's say a lot of people become identified with their job, and then they, they leave their job, and they get very bummed out. So you have to see, uh, I think, you know, I felt, I don't know, I just felt such relief in recovery. And then I see a lot of people in recovery that are, seem not to be accessing that relief. And I feel like there's reasons why that's the case. And if you can share about some of those reasons and the person, it triggers something in that person and they see what they were just habitually calling them to see to be not them there's a huge relief available in that yeah, yeah. without changing in much else yeah. yeah you don't have to go through and change your whole life it's not really about changing the furniture it's about it's it's the space of the room yeah you start seeing yeah 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 I stumbled into it when I read that, uh, you know, our real purpose is to be of maximum service uh, to God and the people around us. So yeah. I realized that it, I didn't have to earn forgiveness for what I had done. I had to set it aside so that I could actually be present and be of service. Exactly. And yes. And so basically, it's also if you try to set out to be of maximum use, it doesn't work. See? You surrender, and then you are put to maximum use. It, yeah. it, that, that's that's a, a tasty implying of the theme of the whole recovery way of life, yeah, which is reliance on something greater than self. Yeah, yeah I love your I love your story about being willing to serve, about getting woken up at three in the morning to go on a twelve step call, and you're reaching for your pants, and they called you and said, "Hey, we got it." <laughs> Yeah, this happens yeah. like for the last 80 <laughs> times, that's been the result. So this whole idea, when I always used to flip yeah. out when the people go, uh, you have to be willing to go to any length, and then they imagine like 800 fucking miles. <laughs> any length could be no length. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, it's Open just any length. Yeah. It doesn't mean any length <laughs> has to be very long. It's Sometimes there's no length whatsoever. And really... Yeah. The, the demonstration is based on your willingness. You don't go, but you were willing to go. That, that's actually, to me, the willingness is a more dominant influence than the doing or not doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because you can do and be in self. Oh, easily, for sure. <laughs> well, well, thank you all. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot, Ross. Our next question comes from Facebook, Joe Barnes, and uh, it is, how do you keep it, quote, it going one day at a time? And under it, my guess would be uh, not selfing. I don't know. But uh, the question one more time, how do you keep it going one day at a time? Well, first of all, you don't keep it going. It's already going, yeah? You just, you just flow with it. If you're just starting out in AA, take the suggestions and allow them to become habits. 
because habits are actions without thoughts. And if the thought system is infected with alcoholism, you don't want to have alcoholism have a say in your, in your sobriety. So the habits get in place. And now I don't think about, should I go to a meeting? I think, which one? So you're in the habit of going with the flow instead of against the flow. But you're not doing the flow. The flow is readily available. It's, in most of our cases, it's, we haven't been available. Yeah. How do you connect into that one day at a time, I guess, is part of the question. How can you not? You're here. Okay. Why do you think there's an emphasis on one day at a time? Because one of the playing fields of the disease is in time. Yeah? It loves to dwell in yesterday and tomorrow. So AA gave everyone who's coming into recovery a very powerful suggestion. Take it a day at a time. Why? Because the head doesn't take it at a day at a time. It takes it as fucking forever. If you feel a little bad, I'm going to feel like this forever. If you're feeling great, it can't last for five minutes. You see, time, the disease is using time unfucking believably So how to stop that is to shrink it down to a day at a time. Yeah? I'm like the doorman for the cat. I got to let it in and out, in and out. Yes? It's thinking it's missing something, realizes nothing's happening, wants to go out. Oh, I'm missing something, back in, out, nothing. Yeah? So, yeah, the one day at a time is basically, <laughs> it's, its description is, is describing the problem. While living in the head where the problem resides, you're not in a day at a time. You're in what's not happening in most, yeah? Mm -hmm. You're dwelling on yesterday's shit and, uh, and worried about future shit, yeah? So that's it. So if you, uh, you know, I have to see the person who's asking this to really get a hit of it, but basically uh, how you keep it going is you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and if you need a massive correction like I did I needed a whole new stars of principles and a new way of life which I've gotten from the program of recovery Alcoholics Anonymous yeah yeah All right. yeah Thanks. so I follow that and I don't follow that uh <laughs> It's almost being sucked in a in a vacuum. I'm not do I'm not following it like an action. Um, you know, I'm being that gravity is I'm in the pull of that gravity. Yeah. I am moving I'm I'm influenced by the infinite more than the finite, let's say. So yeah. Thanks, Paul. Uh, I hope yeah. that answers your question, Joe Barnes, on Facebook. It's hard to uh, communicate on Facebook, but thanks for asking the question. The next question comes from Yorkshire Joe. Uh, I believe it's in Yorkshire, but I don't really know. So uh, go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, yeah, I'm Joe, and I'm in Yorkshire in the UK. Um, um, absolutely. This is the first time I've heard uh, Paul speak, first time I've been on this meeting. Um, and I just want to say thank you, Paul. Uh, it's um, absolutely fantastic. 
Um, Joe, the previous guy who asked the question has more or less asked the question that I was going to ask. Um, so I'm just going to wrap it on for a minute first and then reframe the question slightly, I think. Um, but uh, it just put so much together for me. So I'm, I'm just like 40 days sober now. I've never been in AA before, but I've started the 12-step programme. Um, I've done step four and I'm about halfway through going through it with my sponsor. Um, so obviously it's been um, dragging up a lot of stuff from the past. Um, and, you know, the, the, the kind of things that um, we're, you're talking about and that I've been battling with kind of go back for what's been on my, my mind um, for the last couple of years, really. I've been, how I've tried to explain it to some people is it's like I've been, I've known that something's been wrong mentally since I had something really disastrous go wrong at work and my head cracked open a little bit. And I went through for the first time ever some mental health problems, anxiety, depression. Um, but I've always had, I guess, a lot of um, uh, a very overactive brain and overthought. I'm, I'm an overthinker by nature. Uh, and, you know, th this thing happened, but I stopped drinking heavily as well and just obliterating everything out to try and deal with it. And then more recently, you know, I've, I've tried to rediscover my spiritual side. I've come out of a toxic marriage which didn't allow me the time or space or energy to uh, explore things like this or even actually to relax to be perfectly honest with you you know and have the time and space to deal with things so so this year even before I came into AA I was trying to get this uh, the spiritual aspect and I, I'd, I'd looked at psychology and looked at why I was in this codependent relationship and all this kind of thing um and I'd you know got this idea of I know you said you didn't like it being called ego but you know that this kind of thing that sits in your you, you know the, the the front of your brain which you know gives you this feature this narrative all the time um and you know which can keep you in depression and can keep you looking at the yesterdays and worrying about tomorrows you know which is was a huge part of my problem and I was kind of starting to understand that a little bit and understand my subconscious and then also I, I started using meditation seriously and meditating every day I found that has been really, really helpful. And, you know, I, I, I can still remember that the, you know, those first occasion when I got the proper Zen moment, like, you know, I'm actually here. I am not thinking at all. My brain, myself, is at, is at rest or it's not here. You know, I, I am a being, a living being in the universe. And, you know, I quite vividly still remember those feelings. And, and I, so I'd kind of been working on the mental side and working on the spiritual side completely ignoring the fact that I was still getting off my face on alcohol quite regularly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what's happened actually since I've gone sober, I feel is that now that has been taken away, kind of these things, which I was, I guess, trying to deal with separately are starting to kind of converge together. And what you've been saying there really has been very helpful for me because it's, it's put kind of a lot of what I've been, grappling with kind of through the year to, to like into context in the 12 step program. So that's was absolutely fantastic for me really. And I think in terms of the step four and five that I'm doing now, um, I guess, you know, there's, there is a lot of shit from my past. I had a very turbulent few years in my teens, which I won't go into, but um, you know, there's a lot of guilt and shame and all that sort of stuff that still as a 44 year old, my brain as soon as I'm a bit that you can very easily be drawn back there um, and, and I guess it's you know I'm hoping for that release and that surrender and I'm, I'm hoping to 
you know, I want to be in that non-self, non-past, no future, living in the moment, that Zen sort of state more often. And that is what I hope will happen as I work through step five and six and seven from the sandbook with my sponsor. So I guess after all that rabbiting on, my question really would be to, to reframe what, what Joe said a little bit. So kind of, I know, I, say, I know, and you're going to say, don't say I, but you, you know, um, I want I want to be in that state of just awareness. I, I want to <laughs> self-talk. But how do you do that? Because it's kind of what Joe said, but how do you, when you find yourself, yeah, your brain's starting churning, going past, I guess what I'm saying is, how do you draw yourself, how do you allow yourself to be drawn away from that, to be drawn back on a, you know, kind of minute by minute, but when you notice that you're slipping away from that, you know, is there any well, let, let me uh, jump in. But first of all, congratulations on 40 days. Thank you. I would suggest you try to keep it simple. Yeah. Right. And uh, your role is going to be diminished and then the power's role is going to be increased. Yes. And to stay where you are in the process and realize all your other wishes and uh, journeys are really predicated on this. You have to get be sober a day at a time. Yeah, that's the primary condition that you need to return to. Yeah. And then these other possibilities can actually gain some weight and maybe have some momentum. But all those planned journeys, the disease is just going to siphon the gas out of all the tanks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just find it, just use them for obsession with self, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would finish the fifth step with your sponsor and continue that and make yourself, if you can, get into the spirit of service in the program and just keep it simple for a while. Yeah, in a way, uh, don't set out on all these other things yet. Yeah, because uh, you may be paying an extra ticket for an uninvited passenger. Yeah, so I would just stick with the program, let it start having some effect on you, and also get the right habits in place so yeah. that this, the sobriety can sort of stabilize and that gives you the platform down the road to look into other things. But right now looking into other things may be an avoidance of the real elephant in the room. That's, that's my take. Yeah. And what would you say, Paul, just find, so what would the, the, the would you suggest a, a good habits then? I mean, obviously I'm being advised. Well, good habits, the thing is you can't go to meetings, but you can go to zoom meetings, right? Yeah, good habits. The habit is like when you wake up in the morning, I used to say a prayer that had the first three steps in it, you know, being convinced, you know, my name is Paul. I'm an alcoholic and I'm an addict. I'm, you know, I'm powerless over alcohol and drugs. And uh, my, my managing made life unmanageable. I've come to believe a power greater than myself has restored me to sanity concerning the insanity that precedes the first drink, and I make a decision to turn my will and life over to the care of that power. Yes, then I would use the serenity prayer occasionally. You can do prayer and meditation if you like, but don't go overboard. 
just get your externals down get yeah. this is a way of life and a design for living it's not spiritual exercises they're a part of it but it's a way of life yeah, yeah. and the way yeah. of life is based on the triangle unity recovery and service yeah so mm -hmm. there you go that would be my suggestion and yeah. uh just admit in a sense before you go in the ring it's nice to admit you're overmatched yeah yeah so then maybe you won't go in the ring right now just uh, <laughs> <laughs> my intellect failed dramatically before so uh, yeah that's the thing yeah uh thinking is where the problem resides thinking is not going to lead you out of the problem it is it's infected yeah the thoughts have a a tail that's been pinned on it that they you don't see yeah and uh it really flan it it's basically f uh, fanning the flame of self-obsession all the thoughts about i'm gonna do this i'm gonna get that i'm gonna yeah yeah so keep it simple my friend come yeah. back here if you like yeah and, uh, find, find ways to be of service you know like people here run the meeting they watch for uh zoom bombers or something there's ways to connect there's going to be a meeting after this thing you could talk to people there's a number of people from england here i'm sure and then maybe even someone from yorkshire there's paul up there a lot of people so yeah getting fellowship and stuff like that yeah yeah thanks a lot yorkshire drew thanks a lot paul Thank yeah um one quick hello from Facebook, David Armentrout. He is a Marin City alone, wants to say a quick hello. So hello, there's the hello. Thank you, David. Yeah. I um, used to go to meetings in Marin City here. Yeah. Very cool. Um, did you want to take a little break or you want to Yeah, just a minute or two. Don't speak among yourselves. Oh, no, I'm going to keep everybody on mute. Everybody's got to listen to me. <laughs> no, I'll be back in a minute, bro. Thank you. You can't uh, mute me, Kaiser. Oh, go ahead. You've got the power to unmute. Uh, <laughs> and, and so does Michael. Well, good stuff today, guys. Um, just to refresh everybody's memory, uh, he does this Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, the 12-step reflections at 1030 a.m. Pacific time. And then on Saturdays, uh, he has a, uh, a non-dual topic conversation on Saturday and also on Wednesday. Uh, at seven. At seven, thank you. And uh, the Saturday Zoom meeting is on 1.30 p.m. Pacific time, which is very, very late for uh, everyone watching in Europe. Anyway, I've talked too much, so somebody else take the mic. The um the Saturday one is good for Europe, but I think it's it's one thirty p.m. Pacific, so that makes it like nine thirty at night for anyone in in England and UK and Ireland and Europe is ten thirty. So that's pretty that's a pretty good time, I think. That's the one I usually get to. So yeah, highly recommend it if you've never been there before. And I'm a little surprised that Paul had a well, I'm not surprised, but last time he had a fountain running in the background, which made yeah. everybody want to hop off and yeah use the restroom but there's no fountain today i think if he had the fountain he probably would have tapped out even earlier anyway yeah, he's, ob he's obviously in the east wing of the the mansion 
There's no fountains <laughs> over that side. Yeah. It's the spiritual mansion that he's got, yeah. So we've got a couple of questions coming up. Uh, Meryl is next. Hey, uh, Kaiser. Yeah. Kaiser. Yeah. The meeting on Saturday is 1 o'clock, oh. not one thirty. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to correct that on um, the uh, Zen Bitch Lab website. Oh, no, it is. No, wait a minute. It is one thirty. Sorry. I didn't oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confusing everybody. It's one thirty. Yes. Paul. Nice. All right. So it's on one thirty, regardless of what Paul <laughs> said. I must be hoping it would be 1. He only runs it. It's all right. Don't worry. We will dig him up, and he will be there at one thirty. We won't what let him. One thirty. One thirty. Uh, the next question comes from Meryl Lammers. Uh, I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself. And then you're uh, there, Meryl. Hi, Paul. Hi, Meryl. How are you? Doing all right. Um, yes. I appreciated what you were saying about the spiritual experience in the beginning of the meeting and, uh, and how it's not, you don't think it's really a spiritual experience so much as a change in attitude and outlook. Um, I, I really feel like the idea of a spiritual awakening or um, experience is kind of like a big thing to swallow, especially for a newcomer. Um, and, it, you know, in relation to that, you know, I'm working with a woman right now who, uh, to, to protect her anonymity and everything, she has a lot of trauma. And, and I hear that word a lot um, in AA, but also in my professional life. And I'm wondering your thoughts about taking someone through an inventory who has all that trauma, who really, and the way that trauma affects the brain and the body and all that, and um, their, their inability to really get, see that they're functioning from self or whatever, it's like, it, like, it's just such a block to move forward. And I, I, I personally, as a sponsor, feel really stuck in knowing how to help this person. Um, I've sought a lot of counsel and now I'm just curious what you, maybe your experiences um, around someone who has severe trauma in their history and is trying to do this process. All right, well, I have had severe trauma. <laughs> getting run over twice by a car in one night, sort of traumatic. Yeah. So I, on a physical level, very, I've had trauma with people dying. My brother and my sister killed themselves. And I, when I was growing up, my grandmother and my father died the same year. My grandmother lived with us. So trauma, uh, Has its, has its effects, but we play a huge role in them. Yeah? Yeah? Just like the lady who wrote that story in the big book, Freedom from Bondage, about the resentment, that she had a huge story that she would do anything to let go of, but when she got started to get sober, she realized something was really milking it like the golden calf. Yeah? So she saw the problem, the self was thriving on this resentment that she was living under this illusory hope that she would do anything to get, to get rid of it. Well, she wasn't willing to. But then it came to a point where she realized 
if I don't get rid of this, I'm going to drink, and for her, drinking would be to die. So, in a way, I'm not talking about the trauma, because everyone deals with it differently, and its effect. Like, when I, I was in the ortho, orthopedic ward of this hospital, and a lot of people had similar uh, damage as I did, a lot of motorcycle accidents and shit. And uh, everyone I met there, they all, they all, the way they, they expressed dealing with it was different. Yeah. So basically, uh, it's not about uh, working on the trauma, it's working on the idea who had the trauma, I feel. And, you know, a little in the beginning goes a long way. You just want to allow her to get her foot in the door. Yeah, it's not about we got to get rid of this trauma. The trauma may be valuable because maybe it's bringing, bringing her into recovery. Yeah, who knows? But just to get a, a beginning is more than enough. So much more stuff can be revealed. I've seen people get out of shit that you would have never thought anyone would get out of. Yeah, through this process. And what's beautiful about it is most of the time they weren't constantly looking to see if they were getting out of the shit. It, they just, it just ended up that way. And they didn't even, they weren't, they weren't watching it like a fucking, you know. Yeah, this is what happens. When there's a loss of interest in self, a lot of possibilities become available. Yeah, they coincide with the loss of interest. Yeah. And so uh, I, for one, didn't deal, quote unquote, with the trauma head on. I didn't go over being run over because I had no memory of it. It's blacked out. I didn't go over all that. It was through the way of life that the trauma got dealt with. Yeah. In other words, a lot of what AA does, it doesn't go from A to B. It goes from A to B by going through K. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. She's, she could get a huge amount of relief from the trauma, not by specially directed at the trauma. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's how AA works. Like, remember when you came in, some you would be bitching about, I have no place to live, I have no money, and the person would say, go to a meeting. And you'd be going, how does that have anything to do with the trauma I'm in? But it has a huge amount to do. Yeah? This is what happens. So just try to be of help. You're not, you know, it's the higher power coming through you. It's not you. This isn't like you're not going to be called in for a, a job review. It's the willingness to be of help. Yeah, that's your qualification. And then that power will come through you to help the other person. That's my feeling. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Uh, I'd have to meet the lady and stuff. But, uh, you know, there's still physical and mental reactions based on the trauma. I just don't take them to be me, you know. You know what I mean? I have trauma from all the arrests I went through. When I used to fly over to uh, Australia and stuff, and you'd been up for 14 hours, I would, I, my my body was very nervous about going through customs. I thought Interpol was still looking for me and they were going to arrest me. Yeah. This, and yet I was there. There was an awakeness to that. And it took years for that to change. 
Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't me from the beginning, but it took years for it to change. But I never get real change by directly looking for it. Yeah, I just li I live a way of life and change comes, yeah? Yeah, so that's my feeling around it. I hope it was helpful. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of details that I don't I don't want to share in a public forum that yeah. Well, if you want, because you can uh, get in touch with me some other time. You can get it through Mike. I'll try to be helpful, yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, but we also remember the head is using the trauma. Unbelievably. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm aware of that. It's it's the, what you know, the desire to move into the fourth step. But then once we're there, the like, I can't do this. No one can help me. You can't help me. It's like back and forth thing. Well, which... well, you know what? That may be the case now. If she stays around AA, she'll be willing someday. Yeah? Okay. I wouldn't force somebody to do what they don't want to do. They're well, gonna, she... They'll That's either come around or they won't. I'm not, I'm, I actually suggested we don't do it right now. And she's like, no, I, I have to get through this. So she has this desire to move through it. She's not really willing to take my suggestion to not do it right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get in touch with you. Um, I was just okay. curious if experience, you know, experience with trauma in a general sense, but I'll, I'll get in touch with you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Meryl. That was a really... I love these terms. Um, thanks, Paul. Uh, the next question is coming from Andreas, uh, and I'm not going to bother pronouncing his last name because I'm not Norwegian. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I accidentally muted you. Let me try to unmute you. Okay, there you go. Somebody else is driving. Anyway, go ahead. I'm not Norwegian either, by the way. Hey, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Swedish, Swedish, I think. It's, it's, the, it's the ultimate, uh, like, uh, insult to Sweden, you know? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> insult you, Anders. Nice. Sorry. No, Keep don't on. worry. It's all good. Um, hi, Paul. Good to see you. Um, I was reminded uh, uh, a couple of days ago from someone about the uh, the difference between being humble and um, the feeling of being uh, humiliated. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was wondering if you have any experience of that and and how you have you may have worked through that yourself. Yes, for sure. Well, being humiliated is usually. Uh, is when something tickles pride in a certain way. Yeah? The humble is something you don't know you're in when you're humble. There's not a big noting of being the one who's humble. There's just humility. Yeah? So the humiliation usually comes about with, it's the, uh, the mental state's reaction to the event through pride. Yeah? And the humbleness is, uh, is a lack of attentiveness to uh, 
the state ones in, so to speak. Yeah. 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 So humiliation could lead you to a sense of humility, but uh, sooner or later. But uh, yeah, when someone who's in who's in humility doesn't know they're in humility. That's part of the humbleness. <laughs> they're not someone who's been humiliated is extremely aware of being humiliated. <laughs> you can see, you can see something in there. <laughs> A whole lot of you, possibility of humiliation. Less of right. you, humility. <laughs> Yeah. You can't yeah. have a low. You can't. There can't be a whole lot of you in humility. <laughs> but do you think, Paul? Do you think that um, in that moment of experiencing uh, humiliation, let's say, yeah. um, in the recognizing of it, is there a moment where you can actually? Uh, you can take on that humiliation uh, and, and sort of, if not transmute it, at least being open to that this is, act this is actually, there's, let's say it's, there's pride uh, beneath that feeling. Uh, and that moment, uh, and that's a moment of pain usually, right? Uh, like having that experience. Yes. Well, there's a lot of value there. It matters what's harvesting it. If self harvests it, you'll usually end up with resentments. <laughs> if the higher yeah. power is harvesting it, it can lead to a lot. I mean, there was it's it's a small story, but it's funny. Uh, you know, when I first went came into AA. I started, I went to a, uh, an AE dance, which was the last dance of I went to, but the AA dance, uh, I was on the men's side and then there was the women's side and there was this open area with a uh, disco ball on top. You probably heard me share this. And I was on the men's side and I was drinking, I was on my ninth Calistoga water. <laughs> It's just to have me, give me something to do. And then we were talking amongst ourselves and they wanted me to go over and ask a girl to dance. And there was someone on the other side I had a liking for, but I was no way in hell I was going to go there to, you know, to be the one who's, you know, crossing no man's land to get to the girl's side. Because <laughs> I was in AA, I gave it a shot and I went up there and, uh, I asked the girl to dance and she said no. And that's why I would never go across that wall because I was afraid of the rejection or you want to, I would take it as an extreme humiliation if I was rejected. So the best strategy was not to ask for fucking anything. And I faced life successfully. And what the successfulness was, the humiliation or the rejection didn't kill me, which is how it was presented by my head. My head said, that will kill you. And it didn't. So I started to learn I could face life successfully, which has sometimes humiliations and rejections. And so that's what I'm sharing now. Yeah. Right. No, I like, I like it that you brought it up again. I, I, I know you shared it before and I, I, 
I'd love that to share it again because I, I can really relate to Yeah, so it's really whatever happens, what's going to get the value out of it is what My girlfriend's trying to tell me the washer dryer person's coming, so. <laughs> so whatever. Uh, so, like somebody gets humiliated, nothing happens. He goes, gets loaded, fucking keeps doing the same behavior. Another person gets humiliated, it's the starting point of a huge change, yeah? It's always the condition of what's before where you call you are, yeah, is going to make what that thing that happens after to be, yeah? Just like the worst possible thing ever happened, seen in a light of recovery, is seen as the best thing that ever happened, yeah? This is the power that we are. And you know, that power is being used by the parasite, unbelievably so in the act of playing God. It's using our juice to fuck us, really. It's mind-boggling to me. So, hey, honey, I got to go, I think, because uh, my higher power is telling me I got to do something. <laughs> is that all right? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for your time. If there's any other questions, uh, just come on. Come um, What's today, Thursday? Come Tuesday, if you like. Yeah? Perfect. And I'll, I'll, there's one last Facebook question that I will ask on Tuesday. And it's a yeah, great yeah. way. Oh, great way who else? How many questions are, are left? Just the one. Just the one from Facebook. That's oh, it. no. That's all right. Let's call it a day. Eh? Yep. Let me say goodbye to everyone. And uh, yeah. All right. Mike, thank you for everything. Merrill, again, thank you. Phil W., nice to see you there. Walter. Walter, is this his, your son? No? Oh, just, oh, I can't see it. It could have been a woman. I don't know. Sorry. Robert, <laughs> I apologize. Robert, nice to see you, Rob. I'm not, I'm not going to be funny today. No. Paul, nice to see you. Roman, oh, the, the Barbara, Barbara and Roman. My ideal couple in Germany. We got Ina, Anna, Anna, right? Nice to see you, Anna. Ina, Anna. All right. Uh, let me see. We got Kurt. Oh, my friend Kurt. Nice to see you, Kurt. Vicky, pleasure. Rick Rowe. Nice to see you. Anne, as always. Yep. Andreas. Don't mistake him for a Norwegian. Maria, <laughs> nice to see you again, Maria. We got Kaiser. We got Yorkshire Joe. All right, Joe. Take it easy. Yeah. Kerry Klein, Helen. Uh, we got Shelly, Mickey. I'm going to move everyone around. John, Ross. See if these people are coming. All right. Hey, listen. I got to take off. All right. I'll see you. Bye. Thanks, Paul. Dishwasher man. Dryer? Dishwashing? All right. I'm going to be...